Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. And we got our last mailbag until week one game day. So very excited, excited. Training camp is basically, I mean, rookies rookies and injured players are reporting today. So very, very excited for that. It's training camp season, getting pumped for it. So we got a mailbag, and a lot of them are training camp questions. So um, good job on the listeners for keeping it um, on topic. Justin, how are you doing? Hi, Bobby Skinner. I am coming to you from Spring Brook Country Club in Morristown, New Jersey. Um, I was asked to kind of come and uh, cover a charity event, which is which is kind of cool. I feel very out of place at a country club. Somebody asked me, "Are you going to golf?" I'm like, "No, no, you, I've barely." You put uh, the in country club. I won't say in country. Mm, Maybe I if it was the, the last two minutes of the podcast, I would say, it, but I won't say it at the time. Mm, not really putting down getting what you're putting down there bobby skinner but i'm excited to be here um i'm gonna leave the link um in the description of the show uh, for the show notes um the bubba fund uh it's in honor of uh the late bill o'donnell uh my alma mater st peter's prep uh they kind of asked me to come out here so if you want to donate and if you want to you know if you have some you have some stuff to spare uh we'd appreciate you uh you donating to that so bobby skinner let's get into this mailbag yeah, we'll get into the mailbag first. Um, since we have <clears throat> one new member of the of the of the family, and it is Nigel Ito. Julian, I want to test your your you're the youngest. Who does Nigel? What cartoon character has Nigel? What show? No idea. The earliest Wild Thornberries. Never even heard of it. Do you know that, Justin? No, no, I do not. Well, anyways, the Wild Thornberries. Who are they brought to us by? Julian, who are they brought to us by? Bear Burger. No. <laughs> Patreon. Patreon. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Talking Giants. For $2 a month, month, that's where Nigel went. You can also go to Bear Burger. <laughs> that was one of the funniest moments. Patreon.com slash Talking Giants. Thank you to our patrons. You are our family. Um, really, really excited to get into camp where we're going to be talking with everybody and giving some nice little behind-the-scenes updates. You want to be part of those behind-the-scenes updates when we record the shows live. Patrons, that's where you got to be. All right, let's get into this mailbag. Steve, send it. This, take it away, Steve. Mail time. Mail time. The mail's here. Come on. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Thanks, Steve from Blues Clues. Justin, let's get into the mail. All right, we're going to have two questions. We're going to fire them off right from the rip. TJ Troutman at TJ underscore Trout 05. Which player are you most excited to watch at camp? And then Joshua at NY Team Fan with two ends. Who do you all have winning the battles between Evan Neal and Aziz Ojolari? And then Andrew Thomas and Kayvon Thibodeau during training camp. My answer for player I'm most looking forward to seeing at camp is two, but it's the same. Kadarius Tony and Wandale Robinson because this offense is totally new. We're, we're not, you know, 
Dane Belton's like, yeah, I'm interested to see how they use three safety looks, but really it's like, how do they use Wandale Robinson and Kendarius Tony? Like, we know how Kenny Galladay should be used. We know how Sterling Shepard should be used. We know how Darius Slayton should be used. Kadarius Tony and, and Wandale Robinson, you can do a lot of different things with them. And I'm not just talking about motion. I'm talking about what type of roster they are. Is Tony going on deep concepts a lot, or is he really focused on the shorter, quick hitting stuff? You know, like what what are those what where are those guys using? If they're running a three level concept, is Tony the middle guy? Is he the shallow guy? Like how are they using those two? So those two guys who are two very unique players at a very important position, um, you know, those guys are gonna help the offense go. Like I think the offense goes as Kadarius Tony and or Wandale Robinson will go this year. Like how much production can you get out of those two cats? So Kadarius Tony and Wandale Robinson are the like the two and one that I'm looking forward to seeing the most in camp this um this year. And I want to see Kadarius Tony in camp, by the way. Like practicing every <laughs> practicing in camp. That's number one. Get there. And do not wear a red jersey. Um for me, this kind of just hit me as an aha moment. I'm most excited for Daniel Bellinger. I, I really am. Now, I don't, want, I don't mean to say that where I have all the world's expectations for Daniel Bellinger in terms of what he's going to do on the football field this year in terms of catches, yards, touchdowns, etc. But how many? Like, like, what should we expect from Daniel Bellinger this year? How many catches, yards, touchdowns is he going to have this year? Is he just going to be like this you know, middle-of-the-road tight end, or, or is he going to be some kind of you know, uh, focal point of the offense where we could say, oh, well, he's actually somewhat of a productive member. So I'm really, really excited to see um, what Daniel Bellinger is going to do because we know that Daniel Jones, he does like to use his tight ends. He does like to rely on his tight ends when they are reliable themselves. Yeah, I think Bellinger is the Ozone favorite to be like the talk of the New York Giants fan base once training camp and preseason games are over. Because, you know, Bellinger's going to get a lot of looks, first and second team. You know, even if even if Daniel Bellinger is the first string tight end, he's going to play preseason games longer than the other first stringers are. Like, they're going to keep him in the game. So that's going to give him more opportunities to go out there and make plays. If he can look halfway decent blocking in those preseason games, that will be really encouraging. Like, if, if Daniel Bellinger looks solid blocking in the preseason games, my... You know, like I'm, I'm getting thrilled. Like the less of res- the receiver ability from day one is what I'm worried on. So how, how well does he adjust as a blocker to the NFL? So yeah, Bellinger is the odds-on favorite to be like the have his stock rise the most um, after um, after training camp. I think his stock probably rose the most in OTAs because he was like a fourth-round rookie and they're practicing with the first string already, even though it's like the weakest yeah. position group on the team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I put these two questions together in terms of the camp battles between Evan Neal and Aziz and Andrew Thomas and Kayvon because odds are those are the players that a lot of fans are most excited to see. So, um, Bobby, um, let's stick with Evan Neal and Aziz Ojolari and then Andrew Thomas and Kayvon Thibodeau right now, then maybe we'll do vice versa. How do you think those how those guys are going to match up against each other? Like maybe what are some of their strengths? Like how can Aziz get the best of you know Evan Neal, et cetera, et cetera? Well, we don't know for sure um, if that flip. will be the matchup. You know, this is the new defense, but um, you know, they're going like, to flip. That's what here's I'm what I'll say. I expect Andrew Thomas to win the battle versus both those guys, and I expect Evan Neal to be good, but have some you know bad moments in there. You know, a, a moment where Aziz dips the edge on him. You know, get you know, you know, he mistimes his punch and dips the edge on him. You know, we have a question about one on ones later where I'll go into some Evan Neal stuff. Um, but I do like out of like if you're saying who who. Who has the higher stock 
out of training camp. The offensive tackles or the edge rushers, I'm going the offensive tackles. One, because Thomas is the best, you know, of the four right now. Um, Kayvon, you know, they, they got high expectations. They're going to bring him along. Um, so I, I just think I, I lean towards the tackles. Maybe it's some O-line bias in me. Yeah, and we'll see how Evan Neal transitions to the program as well because I think Wink Martindale is really going to throw a lot at the offense, and I think there's going to be a ton of moving parts. Um, I think you're going to have edge rushers lining up uh, in the interior, and they're stunted around to the outside. I mean, there's going to be a lot of kind of disguises. There's going to be secondary players that are coming in on blitzes too. So, you know, if Evan Neal, let's just say he's a little bit behind mentally, but obviously, you know, physically, I think, you know, he's a physical beast. Um, you know, if he's behind in that element, uh, then that could impact how he actually performs on the field. So I'm excited to see how Evan Neal not just necessarily matches up with Kayvon and Aziz when they're one-on-one, but also how does Evan Neal adjust to everything that Wink Martindale is throwing uh, the offense as well. So I'm excited for that. Yeah. I, if Honestly, I would be more excited if the edge guys do win that, though. Like, if Kayvon's coming out and winning battles versus Andrew Thomas, a guy we know is good, that's awesome. Yeah, because you know, we have more expectations for the tackles versus the edge rushers. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's that's like that would be more exciting. Like, Evan Neal is a different prospect than Andrew Thomas. I don't expect Evan Neal to have a really bad first half and then grow. You know, I think Evan Neal will have some bad moments, but I think Evan Neal's going to be solid from the get-go. I really do, at least as a pass blocker. So if, if Aziz – like, Aziz is like the – is the guy this year – where he can either play his place his 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 performance will either have him like in the bad graces of the fan base being like this guy didn't get any better or he's like hey the 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 added strength actually helped and this guy took another step you know it doesn't mean be having 11 sacks you know it could be seven and a half sacks and it's like but he's really added his presence as an you know setting the edge in the run game you know and and different um you know, affecting the the game in different ways than just speed and quick hands. So, um, and you know, like he's obviously really young and, and you know he's twenty one years old now. Uh, so, is is he um, still twenty one? Because maybe a, a he part, just turned twenty two. Maybe because I think so he crazy. Twenty one. Because I'm like twenty four. It's so crazy how much younger he is than me, and I'm and I'm twenty four. So, all right. Um, next question, Matt Reichel at Matt Twelve R. This is actually kind of fun because now that the off season is like officially, officially over, we have, may obviously Training add a camp technically is the off season. Yeah, but I mean, we and we may even add like a corner or a safety or or, or somebody like that. Uh, but more moves are going to be made. But I feel like this at this point, it's okay. fair to ask this question: What is your favorite move of the off season? I'll let you go first. We're we're, we're eliminating uh, Kayvon and Evan Neal from this. Yeah, because they're those moves were kind of good. Um, I really am thinking more and more about the addition of Mike Kafka and what it means to the Giants and what it means to the offense, and I'm liking that more and more. So that is what I'm going to say. As of right now, that is my favorite move of the offseason. I've been just having this like feeling over the past couple of weeks as we get closer to training camp, and you know the newness is, is wearing off a little bit. I look he like Kafka a little more than Dable, you know. Like I'm, I'm more excited for bringing you know parts of that Chiefs offense over than I am Brian Dable. You know, um, you know the 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 labels of 
Air Coriel and West Coast and, you know, Earhart Parkins are, they're kind of outdated at this point because everything is a mix of everything, you know, and you say, oh, Garrett ran an Air Coriel, that's based on guys getting vertical. Well, we didn't do that. But Kafka is coming from, a, you know, a base of a West Coast offense. Shermer ran, uh, you know, West Coast. Um, I'm, I'm, I like what the Chiefs offense did more than the Bills offense. Like, I do. Like, what the, what the Bills did is, like, they ran, I thought, you know, solid, good concepts. Um, and did the and ran them well. Like they ran them well with good personnel. A lot of it was Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs uh, ma- making plays and you know being able to like, hey, when they go too high safeties, we can still like the middle of the f- they got the middle of the field open. We're gonna attack. We're gonna attack that. And Josh Allen has the arm strength for it. So it's not a knock on Dave. Well, I, but I'm more excited to bring the elements from the Chiefs offense um, over than uh than I am the, the the elements from the Bills offense. Like I'm really excited for Mike Kafka. Yeah, I know at the time that we were looking for an offense coordinator, we were so fascinated. Oh, is Ken Dorsey also going to leave the Bills? Remember, that was like a thing that was yeah. done. You know, but in, in a shout way, I'm GT glad... I'm Yeah, shout out GT Bobby Thompson. I'm glad that it happened the way that it did because, you know, then we'd be basically just becoming the Bills if it was Ken Dorsey. But bringing in Mike Kafka, Mike Kafka and what the Chiefs did... It's what the Bills almost didn't do well. So, I, you know, going back to the cover one guys, I saw them talking about how the Bills had have had difficulty running screens the last couple of years and executing those screens. Well, you think, you know, you think back to Kansas City and Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes, you know, Travis Kelsey, just some manufactured targets and yards after the catch. They have guys yards after the catch that do really well on that team. They did that very, very well in the Chiefs, whereas the Bills struggled with that. So I feel like Kafka and Dable, like hopefully they're going to get the best out of each other. And that is why I am most excited about that offseason move. Yeah, I'm very excited for Mike Kafka. Like he might be my favorite coach on the staff. Like I'm excited to see what he can do. He's definitely a smart guy. And, you know, reading this stuff, learning about him, he was the type that was like, hey, let's let's try this out in practice. And if it and if we can't if we can't, you know, protect it up and and get this done, then we'll scrap it. But let's let's try this out um, this week in in the game plan. So I, I I love that from offensive coordinator. I think he's a guy who's constantly studying the league. You know, that's something I loved about Patrick Graham and hate about Jason Garrett. It's like Patrick Graham studied the league and changed things. Jason Garrett just ran his stupid crap all the time. Um, didn't change anything to it. So yeah, I'm. I'm 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 really excited. I hope Mike Kafka is in the booth calling plays this year. In fact, I'm at the point now where I'll be a little disappointed if he's not. And everything points to the fact that Mike Kafka is probably going to call plays. Uh, he's called plays through all OTAs and stuff, so I, I don't think they're going to strip that now. Um, mine, I will do a transaction move. I will be trading back pick 36 to gain three for three picks you know they traded to pick 38 and then got pick uh, 146 and then they traded back to pick 43 and then picked up pick 116 so you p- traded pick 36 for Wandale Robinson who you know obviously they were targeting so I'm sure was on was on the board at pick 36 for them I don't know if you know the guy they had at top of their board of 36 went off the board in those seven picks possibly but was definitely on you know their, at least their top five board for pick 36 and then you get Dane Belton who's going to be the third safety automatically on this team. And then Micah McFadden, an exciting, an exciting linebacker uh, on this team. So you took pick 36 and got three players and three guys who are going to play for the New York Giants this year. 
Like all three of those guys are going to have an impact on the New York Giants this year. Wandale obviously has, you know, the most expectations comes with being picked second, but adding those extra picks by only drop you only drop down seven picks in the second round. Dropping down seven picks in the first round is a lot more uh, damaging to to your pick, but dropping down seven picks in the second round and adding three guys, I think that's my favorite move outside of obviously taking Evan Neal and Kayvon Thibodeau in the first round. Yeah, Wondell Robinson was already a little bit of a controversial pick, still is a controversial pick. Hey, anybody can make an argument that you know he would have been available even if the Giants wanted to trade down again. But imagine if you know the Giants really wanted Wondell Robinson. It was clear they wanted Wondell Robinson, but then they just take him at thirty-six, and then they don't get those extra picks, and they don't have those other players that they have, you know, on as part of the draft class as well. I mean that that would be somewhat of a you know, t- a tough pill to swallow. But the fact that you have those other players and they wanted Wondell Robinson, you know, they were smart enough to trade back and get it. So, yeah, um, I, don't, I wouldn't call it my absolute favorite move just because... Um, what would be your com- favorite transactional move? My favorite transactional move? Looking at what happened between there. So, one one wide receiver went off the board. So, no wide receivers went off the board between pick 36 and 43. The guys who did, Brees Hall, not taking him, Jalen Petrie... Um, Maybe that definitely could have been somebody they went after when they. When you think about the fact they went after Dane Bell and Ebby Ketty, I don't know if they would have double dipped on Edge, Kyler Gordon, no. Boy Mafe, Kenneth Walker, and Andrew Booth. You know, so you got a couple corners that they might have been targeting. Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, that may come back to bite them, but I don't want to. I don't want to do the hindsight of NFL drafts, uh, blah blah blah. But um, favorite transactional move. Um. Besides, and again, we're talking about besides Thibodeau, Thibodeau and Neal. I mean, so much of it is, like, I hate to say this, so much of it is wait and see because that's what the draft was. So young, you're investing in traits. Um, and would it be Glowinski? I mean, they got him a solid. Yeah, uh, but I mean, I feel, I, feel dirt, I feel dirty saying Glowinski just because. He oh, was their highest is... paid free agent, but that wasn't pay, he wasn't paid a lot, though. It was no. because we had no cap space. He so I'll say, I'll, say, I'll say Glowinski. They could have easily said, we're going to go into this year with um, Azudu playing guard, Shane Lemieux coming off of injury. Um, but then, no, they, they went out and they got Glowinski, shored, shored that up for two years. So I will say that, but that's not exactly a, a ringing endorsement. Like, I'm much more excited about the potential of the coaching on this team this year and how that can elevate the talent versus the talent that they added. And that's why I said Kafka. Right on. All right. Um, why don't you read about Roman? Oh, yeah. Uh, loudly. You're, nope, not loudly. The listeners have to hear. They have to hear this. Not loudly. Um, I am in – I'm at a charity event. I, I, like I said, I'm covering it. And If Bobby you're at a charity event, me. there's a lot of people that could probably use Roman there. They're old people. <sighs> Wow, yeah, Country Club too. So yeah, definitely Country Club. Their wives aren't getting it up for them anymore. Mm. So let's talk about Roman. Um, if, if coming to the snobby country club, people, come on, they definitely need style. Roman. You need to read it louder. You need the people there to hear it. Nope, nope, I don't. More so um, than the listeners. If you want, you know, you gotta. You're, you're coming to a Country Club, right? Which I don't have style. I don't have any style, anything at all. And now there's music playing in the background, Their so you can be like able to Skyler hear that too. White. You hear that in the background? I, I can hear the background. I can't hear you. You can't hear me. All right, so here's the thing. 
you got to go get Roman. Roman swipes are clinically proven to help you last longer in bed. You hear everybody at the country club, there's no prescriptions needed. PE treatments, they're safe, effective, and used by millions of men. Free two-day shipping, everybody. Free two-day shipping. Discreet packaging as well. That's what Roman comes in. So I want you to get Roman by going to GetRoman.com slash world today. If approved, you'll get $10 off your first order. That's GetRoman.com slash world everybody at this country club needs roman there's nothing wrong with that though nothing wrong with it are you finished with the ad no i'm finished yes that was quick that was tough you know what's not quick when you use roman swipes on your wiener Ooh, zing um all right next question next question is coming from coming hmm Jesse Samino, your best bet for which UDFA has the best chance to make the final roster and why? So the correct answer kind of is a cop-out, but it's Jeremiah Hall because he's going to be the H-back, fullback, slash tight end for the Giants out of Oklahoma. But I'm going to say Yusuf Corker. I mean, he's the highest paid of the group. The safety position, is like, automatically, like, he's, he's in the battle for the fourth safety spot, like, McKinney, Love, and Belton are locks to make the roster, so there's three. So then for the fourth spot, you have Henry Black and Jaron Williams, who are are the vets on the team. You know, Jaron Williams has never played safety before. And then it's UDFAs. So I'm going to go Yusuf Cork out of Kentucky, and he's fun to watch. I think he come to, he's, he's definitely got some stuff to improve from his game. Um, you know, like tackling, uh, you know, I, I, you know, tackling in general, whether it's wrapping up or angles, but he's a hard hitter. He can, he's a good athlete. He's big. Um, I could see Yusuf Corker getting reps this year, not just making the team. Um, but again, he was someone that a lot of people expected to be drafted, including myself. Yeah. Yusuf Corker was like the clear cut UDFA that I think is going to make team. I, I forgot about Jeremiah Hall. It's, it's easy. It's easy to forget about Jeremiah Hall. Because he's the only fullback that's listed on the roster, and how often are they going to run with fullbacks, et cetera? What is et cetera. that noise? It's it's music, it's music. There's music now, so we have a, we have a nice little beat to, to the mailbag now. Um, yeah, so Yusuf Corker's that that clear cut for me. I really wanted to say, um, who is the safety from Trenton Thompson? Trenton Thompson, yeah. I really wanted to say him, but apparently there was um, not good reports of him coming out of the spring. So tough. Thompson might be more of a do-it-all type guy than Yusuf Corker, you know, so that might give, so I, I, that's actually another camp battle that we're not putting on the camp battles podcast that I'm looking forward to is like who, who, who edges each other out, Yusuf Corker or Trenton Thompson, which one of those UDFAs is getting more play, uh, playing time. It's going to be one of those things of, I think, whoever can contribute more on special teams. So it's going to be like the, the yeah, gunner, both those the gunner battle special teams, but who's going to contribute more. I mean, that's, that, that's what I think it's going to come down to because they're both known for it. So who's going to do it more? Who's going to do it better? Who does safety better? Because they could both do special teams. That's what, mm. if I was a coach, I would look at. Um, you know I agree. Is there any other UDFAs that we're not giving enough love? Chris Hinton, but I don't, I don't, think, I don't think the Giants are going to carry a ton of interior defense alignment on the roster. But they don't and have think, to carry a ton to keep Chris Hinton. They could keep five and keep Chris Hinton. I, mean, right now I, don't, think have, I don't think they're going to keep five because I think there's going to be an overabundance of keeping edge rushers over interior defense alignment. Because I think they're going to run a lot of more linebacker sets than interior defense alignment sets. But I don't know how many teams don't carry five. I'm, I'm being sure to see that. So I mean, you got Leo and Dex. 
uh, Justin Ellis, DJ Davidson. Those are the guys that'll probably make the roster. And then there's one more. So I, I, I think Hinton def. I think I Hinton chose, will make the roster. I chose four on my 53 man roster prediction. I only had four, and I did not carry one of either DJ Davidson or Chris Hinton. Yeah. All right. I like Hinton. I like Hinton more than DJ Davidson. So. Yeah. DJ Davidson fills a nose tackle role that Hinton does, but I like like if you just if I was just watching film, like who's a better player, Chris Hinton. Yeah. All right. Next question. Bull Bittler, who will be our second best offensive lineman this year? I think this is a good question. I think it's Evan Neal. Like I don't think it's it's con. If that's a, that's like a that that one was a quick one for me. Like I I really do think it's gonna be Evan Neal. I mean he's the seventh overall pick. Um. He's you know playing right tackle. I think you know he's not forcing the left tackle right away, protecting the blind side. So even when there is some batter ups from Evan Neal, they might he, he he's got has a better chance of getting away with him than playing left tackle. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go Evan Neal. I'm not going to pit whoever's that left guard. Definitely not going to pit John Feliciano. So I mean, between, it would be it's Glowinski and Evan Neal. Yeah, That's it's between Glowinski and Evan Neal, and I think Evan Neal. I mean, Evan Neal has Evan Neal has the like he's Evan Neal supposed uh, supposed to be great. So I think by the end of the year, at least by the end of the year, Evan Neal will be the, clearly the second best offensive lineman on the team. Yeah, I think weeks one through eight. Not to say that, like you said, I don't expect a Andrew Thomas type of start to the season for Evan Neal, but I do think weeks one through eight versus you know nine through what there's you know eighteen now. You know, uh, I I do expect the answer to be different. Where it's Golinski, maybe the first half, Evan Neal in the second half, because um, I there's. Really, the only reason why Evan Neal, I think, would get off to somewhat of a, of a poorer start is maybe if he's not trusting the mental side of the game, if he's the speed of the game is different. I don't think it's going to be something physical, especially playing at the right tackle spot where you're not asked to do as much um, versus the left tackle. So um, that's really the only reason why Evan Neal wouldn't be the second-best offensive lineman, in my opinion. I'm going to give the rest of my answer on the next question. Okay. Wes Locke, Wesley Westicles. Yes. What will Bobby be watching during offensive line drills slash live periods, which give a better idea of how players are developing slash being taught? So I don't know about the second part, just like what I'm watching, like with Evan Neal, like I'm watching his feet. How quick are his feet? How quick is his feet be able to move? When a guy works outside in on him, how fit, how quick is he able to get to, you know, shut that down and get to his post foot? Um, you know, if there's some a guy who, is work in the corner like how how are his feet there is it going to be you know over punching you know what those type of things and and then with that like the timing of his punch like it will be able to get that the timing right on that you know will aziz be able to you know give him a ghost and, and dip that corner uh you know he's maybe a little overextended on his punch so evan neal is definitely the guy i'm watching the most because the most there and then shane lemieux how how well does shane lemieux hold up uh you know moving laterally uh, and and one on one drills and then team passing drills like when you know he's working against Leonard Williams how well is he holding up and and in, in that you know I'm not I'm not looking for dominance out of them but if it's like hey this is a problem with him then it's like you might have to go to Josh Azuda quicker than quicker than you'd uh, possibly want to so it's like how well is Shane Lemieux you know moving laterally in those pass uh, protection drills this is not a mailbag question and it's something that we're talking about more and more about Shane Lemieux possibly going to center, not this year, but next year. I'm kind of mad that we had the idea after the draft and after spring and basically after the offseason is mostly over. I'm upset that we had the idea now 
Because if we had the idea earlier, we could have called for Shane the Muse snapping the ball. But also at the same time, it's not our job to think of that. So I'm now kind of upset that they haven't cross-trained Shane the Mew also to snap the ball. And then also he can compete at center this year, if need be. Yeah, the issue with that is though, it's like he's slated to be the starting left guard and you have to find who the backup center is going to be. And th- those are both guys who are moving from the guard spot and Max Garcia and Ben Bredesen. Um, so it's, I don't mind them just being like, hey, play guard. And worst case, like, you know, and again, it's, like, we don't know what to expect out of Shane Lemieux this year. So um, where with Gates, it was just like, hey, this offensive line's bad. Gates showed to be a good offensive lineman in 2019. Where does he fit? You're not going to put him ahead of Hernandez or Zeitler, even though in hindsight, moving ahead of Hernandez wouldn't have been the worst thing in the world. And then he's not going to have a full-time home at tackle. Um, and you just said you don't know what to expect out of Shane Lemieux this year, which means, like to me, if Azudu wins that job, if if Shane Lemieux goes down with an injury, he's down for four weeks, and then Azudu takes a starting job and he's doing all right, then, okay, is Shane Lemieux just a backup guard? Like So that's why I kind of just wish that they cross-trained him. Um, I know that's a lot. You're rehabbing, plus you're, you know, you're trying to get back your strength, and you're trying to learn a new position and snapping the ball and all that kind of stuff. But... I think it would have been worth it for the long-term, you know, development of maybe him, and then also just depth of this team-wise. So, right, that's kind of why I wish Mark Lewinsky was on uh, essentially a one-year deal more so than a, you know, it's technically a three-year deal. But I, yeah. I wish it would been a, a two-year. It's a two-year deal. Um, but also, I don't. I'm not. I, you know what? I'm not going to complain about the Giants taking the offensive line more serious and not no. putting putting not not using hope as a strategy, and that kind of would have been. Yeah. So. Um, uh, I'm, I'm not critical of that, but in a perfect world, sometimes I wish that. Uh, but we don't live in a perfect world. We live in a New York Giants world. Mm. Put that on a shirt. Next question. Monty, Monte Cristo, uh, commander of the David Sills Army. Prediction on two players who start a fight this training camp. David Sills, one. The easy one is who? I mean, it's John Feliciano. Yeah, that's the easy one. I really think Dex is going to get into it. I think he's mad. I think he wants his money. Well, he already got his money. He got his fifth-year option. Yeah, he, but I think he wa- has it. It's not a contract year for him anymore. He, but he wants, he wants his extension. Um, he, he, wants, he wants to prove it. You know, I, I know he's, gull- I know he's, he's love, not gullible. I know, I know he's jolly. He's laughing all the time. But I think there's going to come a day where he's going to get tired of this... Uh, of this um, um, what, what do they call themselves? Dirt, dirt bags. bags. They're gonna get tired of. He's gonna get tired of this whole dirt bag thing this summer. He's gonna punch somebody in the face. You know what I'm interested for Dexter Williams? Dexter Williams. Dexter sure. Lawrence. We can't talk this episode. Um, is is he actually gonna play nose tackle, or he did he just say yes to a press conference question in the OTA because that's what Dexter Lawrence does? He does look bigger. Yeah, he looked at. He said it. He said he was out of shape. Um. <laughs> And during, at the beginning of OTAs, but you know, like he was asked, like you know, do you think they're going to play you a little more nose tackle? You know, yes. it's like yeah, yeah. He said yeah, which Dexter Lawrence kind of would have said yeah if they would ask him anything. Um, you know, so I, I, that's what I'm interested. Like, is actually is Dexter Lawrence actually going to play nose tackle, or did he just say yes to a, a, a press conference and that's been a, a talking point all off season? So, I mean, um, why why not? I would like a because I think he could be more dominant there. You know, 
Like he's not a like I, I think he could be more dominant there. Uh, where Dalvin Tomlinson, like, do I think Dalvin Tomlinson would have been dominant as a three technique? I don't know, but as a nose tackle, he was a beast. You yep. know, in fact, I was listening back to the Nick Gates interview for the when we were putting together the best of man. It's like that. Think about all the teams we play. Have what what have been the nose tackle where it's like, man, this nose tackle's really handled us. Like Dalvin Tomlinson was a a, a nice uh, player for this team. The way he yeah, played that's who it. that's who Nick Gates said was the toughest guy that he went up against and yeah, he's going up did. against them every day <laughs> yeah dalvin was good yeah um still take him odori jackson over him debate a wall people all right um that might have been the most hot i was on a mailbag it was like who why are everyone's anyways you know what we could have done is not sign kyle rudolph um who else but in julian who anyways. else to be signed bad we could whatever any gone, a combination man. of crappy players. To, hey. I mean, it's not a hot take at this point. You know, like, it's it didn't have the effect that they wanted. Um, so. He had zero touchdowns, and all the concerns we had for him, which is not being on the field, is has been nothing but true to this point. Listen, we're in August. I don't want to hear any of it. Yeah. Not allowed. Fired. Um. I'm still excited for Kenny Galladay this year. Um, he still is a really good wide receiver. I'm excited Over for five and a half touchdowns. I'll take the under on that one. <laughs> yeah. Over on whatever Tony and and uh, and Juan Don. Yeah, you're you're in you're in lockstep with me. Yeah. Um Can you can you read the ad, Julian? I sure can. We've got Bear Burger today. I didn't answer the question, by the way. Xavier McKinney, I think, is going to start a fight. I think I he may have it. been the beginning of the of the big brawl last year. Like McKinney likes to hit dudes. He's taking more of a leadership role, so he's going to bring the intensity. I think Xavier McKinney starts a fight. We're going to have a much better idea in future years of fight questions after we witness this year and after we see the dynamics of the team who likes to get into what, who's about it, who's not about it. I so really I feel hope bad. we get one on camera. I, I feel, I'm going to be freaking out. I'm going to be racing to get those onto all socials. Like We yeah. really need a fight video on camera this year. You'll be racing. Uh, oh, man, you no longer have your tiny-ass phone. You, six foot seven would be racing with your tiny-ass phone, but you don't yeah. have it anymore. I do have oh. it right here next to me, but I don't oh, know. It won't it. charge. It literally, it won't charge. It's like... Two days after I got this phone, it stopped charging. Bring it up, bring it up to New York, um, when and then when we record, we'll frame it and we'll have it as like a memento. By the way, are we recording at the Airbnb or the uh, warehouse? We're gonna we're gonna mix it up. Odds are, it's I think we should do the, the warehouse. There's technically uh, a note that you're not allowed to record video um, in the Airbnb. Then now that's really? for porno, so I'm not worried about it. But Part of me is like now. Part of me is like maybe I'd rather not. I don't know, but I think if if it's and and I'm a little worried. Well, you know, what? we'll see. Whoever what has the better internet is the warehouse. Well, I mean, or, the warehouse has the better internet. Like 100%. okay, then we'll do it. We'll do it at the warehouse. We'll set it up there. Okay, perfect. Uh, Julian, can you tell me about Bear Burger? I sure can. Bear Burger has something for everyone. Yes, even you. Bear Burger is obviously a burger joint, but they do not want to be bogged down by those labels. Bear Burger's menu is filled with options for everyone, regardless of dietary preferences. Whether you're 100% vegan or you think ketchup is a vegetable, Bear Burger will not judge you. 
At Bear Burger, there's only one dietary restriction you'll be limited to, food that tastes great. Bear Burger Kitchen Bar Happy Hour is the best in New York City. They're open from 12 to 7 p.m. Monday through Friday. That's the happy hours, 12 to 7 p.m. Monday through Friday. Exotic burgers are back at Bear Burger. They've got elk burgers, ostrich burgers, which I have never tried before and I would love to try, and my personal favorite, bison burgers. They've also got bar bites at Bear Burger Kitchen and Bar. All of the Bar Bites food items go for $9.95, and that is available Monday through Friday, 4 p.m. through to 7 p.m. They've got two Nashville sliders, six PBRs, and a martini, all for under $20. And their lunch special, the lunch special at Bear Burger Kitchen and Bar is 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. Monday through Friday, and it is $14.95, all served with fries. Make sure to click the link in the description to find yourself at your favorite new happy hour spot, burger joint, and luncheon. Word up. Thank you, Thank Bear you, Burger. Julian. Bear Burger um, is the best. I'm excited to get my Bear Burger during training camp. Madden knows something that we don't about um, these ratings. Richie James is only uh, three points below Kadarius Tony, one point below Darius Slayton, and four points above Wondell Robinson. Tony, Richie James summer. It's heating up. Julian, if they keep Richie James over Darius Slayton, your reaction is? I don't care. I was at the Washington game where Darius Slayton caught, dropped that pass, and it tore every single part of my body out of me. So if he's cut, like I, I'd be happy probably. That's such an emotional reaction. No wonder you Absolutely, know. 100%. And I think that's – anyways, next question. I'm not, next question. I, I'm not doing a Darius Slayton rant for like four podcasts in a row. No, I'm, my goal is to work Richie James into every single podcast that we do at, at a random point. Um, won't be that tough to do during the camp out of one because we're going to talk about him. Um, I didn't do a poll for him. Oh, tough. Going to work it into it. Uh, Greg, Greg, Murchio asks, great stuff. This is Greg's dad. This is Greg's dad's son, Greg. Oh, thank you, Greg's dad's son, Greg. Great stuff during the slow season, as usual, guys. Every year there is a unit slash player that surprises Sounds and turns like there's heads. Someone shooting an AR-15 in the background. <laughs> even in the worst of boy, even in the worst of seasons. What player? Listen, I don't ever want something like that to happen. But if it did, I would like it to happen on the Talking Giants Patreon. Stream. Sure, and watch and ha- well, I would try and stay on air and, and escape. Uh, We'd finish player- the show and put it out. I mean, I would do insane numbers. What what player or group of players do you see outperforming expectations and really getting Giants fans excited this year? Um, and then also Jacob Nason asked if there if there is a player that literally comes out of nowhere to make an impact, who do you think it would be, and do you think it could be Jaron Williams? So this answer, I'm starting to wish we didn't interview this guy because people will say, "Oh, it's just because you interviewed him." Antonio Williams. Matt Breida's not a power back. He's our second string right now. I really think Antonio Williams is going to have some type of impact. Like, I think he could get, like, earn hit. Like, if Saquon Barkley goes down, who do you want, you know, having to carry the ball more, like, 18 times a game? Like, you know, 18 times is a lot in a game. But, like, I think it's Antonio Williams. It's the position where those stories do happen, where a guy, you know, you know, has been bouncing around the league and didn't, get his, didn't find his spot and then goes and he plays really well. Like, that happens at the running back spot. And I went – I mean, there's really no one else on the roster that 
I, I keep, you know, uh, you know, they mentioned Jaron Williams, but like to me, it's Antonio Williams. Like Antonio Williams is the guy no one's talking about that I could see having like a solid role in this team. Antonio Williams might be the the best short yardage back on the team after this year. Like if Saquon Barkley doesn't return to that efficiency that he had in 2018 and 2019, um, Antonio Williams could be. We could look at him as, hey, that is he is the best short yardage efficiency running back on the team. Yeah, like Matt Breida's speed has a lot of speed, and as much as they did bring him over here, like they didn't use him a ton in in, in Buffalo. You know, obviously he was the third guy on that team, but he also was much faster than Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. You know, so I I could see it being Antonio Williams. Is there another guy for you, Justin? No, you know, like, like I said, I mean, it could be, like, it could be Jaron Williams. Like, we've never seen Jaron Williams play safety, and let alone, I can't even tell you who Jaron Williams is as a player. Like, what, he, what is he good at? What does he do? Et cetera, et cetera. There's like, there's so many young guys on this team. There's so many guys that we haven't seen. Um, that, like, literally, if you if you say anybody, I'm like, sure, like, I, I'll I'll buy into it. Well, you got to um, give at least a name. So here, I'll, I mean, but I mean, that comes out of nowhere. I mean, I could see Mike. I could see Micah McFadden getting sacks this year. Like, I think the interior linebacker room, Bobby. We talked about this um, on our over unders episode where we were like, you know, I like I, you. You thought I overestimated the amount of sacks that are that are going to come from the interior linebacker room. I, I don't know. I do think that my, like a guy like Micah McFadden can get three, four sacks this year, um, which for a rookie who's going to get the certain snap share that he's going to get, that is an outlandish take, even though you could be sitting there thinking, oh, Justin, that's not, that's that's kind of expected. But I think Micah McFadden could come here this year and have three, four sacks and be a, be a solid ball player in that in that pass rushing department. I'm, I'm saving my reasoning out for this, but I'm buying Micah McFadden stock for 2022. I also think just because the way Wink runs defense and how we're going to be blitzing so many people out of nowhere, like pretty frequently, then it, it's totally realistic that we get kind of no names coming out of nowhere and getting a sack. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm excited for the inside linebacker two spot now that Blake Martinez is back. If Blake Martinez goes down again, then it's like, oh, God, here we go at linebacker again. But there's a lot when you have I think we're going to play more um, gap, uh, you know, like gap discipline football, you know, where Patrick Graham converted to more too high looks the past year, which, you know, had forced guys to not just play their gap. Um, so, yeah, inside linebacker two is is a battle that I'm actually pretty excited for. Very excited for, and it's going to be one of those things. A little spoiler to our, you know, when we actually talk about it, I mean, it's going to have to depend on like a situation thing. Where I'm not even, you know, I'm not even like saying that oh, Tay Crowder should be the definitive interior linebacker too, McFadden or Beavers. But I really hope that they use them interchangeably. And depending on you know who does well, who does what well in camp, like Micah McFadden, pass rushing guy, Tay Crowder, uh, downs Coverage. one and two coverage, et cetera, et cetera. So um, that's what I'm hoping the interior linebacker two um, rotation looks like. All right, next question. Jack Salazzoni. Good Italian name. Do you guys think the Giants are going to be running a lot more play action and RPOs this season? Under the new scheme, just curious what you guys think the offense is going to consist of as the play type goes. I have numbers. I, ha- I have numbers too. What are your numbers? Let's compare numbers. Um, RPO heavy. Uh, pass RPOs, Bills were fourth, and Chiefs were fifth in RPO attempts. And run RPOs, Chiefs were fourth, Bills were fifth. And just regular play action, Bills were first, and Chiefs were fifth in those just raw attempts. So 
Absolutely. And then you factor in Daniel Jones's legs. Those have always shown up the most on RPOs. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be really RPO heavy. You know, Daniel Jones has done solid with those. And then obviously the play action in general is going to go up. So, yeah, I think this is going to be a team that runs a lot of play action, play, uh, uh, especially specifically RPOs. And then you have a guy, a talent like Adarius Tony. You have Wandale Robinson. Guys, you get the ball too quick and let them uh, do their damage. Um, you know, if they want to roll the safety down, then we're going to take our shots with Kenny Gall all day. Uh, you know, you have Daniel Bellinger, who is a you know kind of a do you know a traditional tight end who fits a little better in that. So yeah, I, th- I think we're going to be RPO heavy this year. I have Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes a second and third in RPO attempts. I looked at teams. You're looking at just individual quarterbacks. And I have Josh Allen as first for play action attempts and Patrick Mahomes is third. So I'm going to go with my numbers since they're Yours better. are a player, uh, not team, which we're looking at. We're not, we don't have Patrick How, Mahomes or Josh did, Allen. Did, did they miss any games? Did I miss something there? No, there could be other QBs who missed games though. And then they would have been higher and then they dropped off because they, blah, 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 they didn't blah. have it. Blah, 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 blah. They run it a lot. Um, RPOs definitely, or there's going to be more in this offense, but, um, Play action. Jason Garrett actually ran a lot of play action, um, and it's not something that typically comprehends in your brain just because everything is so bad that Jason Garrett did. But he did run a lot of play action. Um, but the Bills and the Chiefs ran more. So, yes, I think we are going to be getting more and more of all of that, which is awesome. I'm a fan. Miami Dolphins were first in RPO pass attempts. Did they have any QBs out to uh, and, and Brissett? The Cardinals, Kyler Murray missed games. And then the Eagles were third, and then Bills and Chiefs. I like my numbers better. I mean, your numbers are correct, but mine are more correct and more relevant because they're talking about just overall team, not if it's, individual. If it's my narrative, if it if it's my narrative better because I mean the they're top were, five in all three because the numbers were higher for mine. They're top five in all three. Mm. All right. Um, DraftKings. How about freaking DraftKings? You Ooh, guys forgot Draft about DraftKings. Well, now it's time to remember. Turn big league action into big winnings with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 in any game and get $100 in free bets instantly. Are our guys going to the Home Run Derby contest tonight? They should. They 100% should be going. Well, you won't be able to bet on the Home Run Derby, but you can bet on the All-Star game when, when you're listening to this. Um, plus, all customers can combine multiple bets for a shot at even bigger payout with DraftKings Same Game Parlays. At DraftKings Sportsbook, you'll be able to bet on your favorite batter to hit a double in his next appearance, your favorite pitcher, uh, next pitch to be a strike, and so much freaking more. So much freaking more. Justin. Yes. Yankees trade for Soto. Do, do you let Judge walk to keep Soto? Like if either or, no. are you taking Soto or Judge? No, you, you keep both. What if you can't keep both? Who are you keeping, Judge or Soto? Well, I mean, then I that I would feel uncomfortable trading for Soto because I mean, uh, but I mean, Judge is thirty, Soto's twenty four. I haven't thought that much about it. My Yankee fandom brain right now is just saying, get both and think about the repercussions later. Like yeah. win a win a World Series this year. Like I mean, supposedly the, the, the Yankees do have some good prospects, though. I would hate to trade them away. But I mean, also the thing is with Juan Soto is like. There is not a package that makes sense for Juan Soto because he has so many years of control left already, and also he's one of the best players in baseball. So what if you trade a, if you trade four or five prospects? What if one of them pans out and he's not Juan Soto? Then you lose the trade. So that's like there is no package that compensates fairly for losing Juan Soto if you're the Nationals. 
Yeah, but or they'll just lose him in general. Right, right. To make things even sweeter, DraftKings is stepping stepping up to the plate with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Okay, I, mm. I guess I did read that right. The more legs you add, the bigger boosts your winnings receive. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code JOHNBOY. New customers can make any $5 bet and get $100 in free bets instantly. That's promo code JOHNBOY only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner in Major League Baseball. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And it'll be trademarked used with permission. All right, next question. Next question, and it is our final question from Doe Efresh, Doug Efresh, our friend Doug Efresh. Doug Efresh. It's Doug. I, well, I, I have to say Doe. Doug. I have to say Doe every time now. What are some things you're looking to do or improve upon this upcoming season to make the podcast even more awesome? So last year we made a big change. We got rid of voicemails, and I thought that actually did improve the podcast a lot on Wednesdays. Wednesdays um, became like our Wednesdays became my favorite shows, and I also think they were our best shows analysis wise because it's not just reaction stuff, but it, you know we've had our time to you do the O line review, I do my stats report, stuff like that, and then we go come together and we talk about everything. To be honest, there's no like big structural changes. It's just the amount of new stuff I learned about football this off season. Like it's taking the off season to learn more about the game um, that makes everything better. Um, you know, like I've been spending like a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff I focused on this off season was like, you know, the, the big nickel packages and running out of 11 and, you know, the importance of tight ends, um, and why, you know, unless the guy's a huge advantage, a non-blocking tight ends, not, not a great piece to add. Um, shout out Evan Ingram. Glad he's gone. Um, so it's that type of stuff, but honestly, the main thing that would do it would be the giants not being horrible. Yes, that would be like the show liking a lot Brian Dable, Jones doing good. Like it, it's because just structural stuff to the podcast. There's at this point four years in. There's not much you're going to change on the end season stuff. Yeah, no, but uh, this this gives me an opportunity to um, you know get a little bit of excited about what we're going to do with the our football channel. Um, it's called Talking Football right now. May may change the name around a little bit, but um, uh, I'm really excited for. The stuff that we're gonna do, that we're gonna do there, um, and the the short term content. If you're a fan of the short term stuff, if you like the O line reports, um, this is you know stuff is gonna be shorter. If you like Bobby's film breakdowns and you like stuff like that, um, that's what that channel is going to be. And I'm excited to tackle that this year um, and watch more of the NFL because sometimes the rest of the NFL is a lot more fun than the Giants. So stay tuned for that, and you're gonna love it. All right, that's an episode. We'll see you guys on Friday. I'm sure we'll have some stuff out from the pup list, uh, you know, rookies and stuff reporting. So um, I'm sure we'll have some information to talk about at that point. And then it's freaking training camp, boys and girls. So um, next week starts PPP. So, you know, uh, next week starts podcast every single weekday for the next six weeks. So we appreciate you guys. We'll see you on Friday. Until then, let's go Big Blue. Big Blue.